you have your Bibles, please open them up to Matthew chapter 6. While you're opening them, let me just share from a personal observation. I've had two people this morning tell me I look like Britney Spears with this thing sticking out of my ear. One more person to bust into my dance routine, so don't do it. I knew if anybody were to do that, it would be you. Title of this sermon is Breathing Life into Prayer. We're in the middle of a series called Becoming a People of Prayer. And there's a word that Hawaiians use for those from the mainland. It's called Haoli. And sometimes that word is used with disdain uh, as a word for white people. But one particular application of the word formed for me the title of this sermon. And it's found in this excerpt from this book. It says this, Before the missionaries came, my people used to sit outside their temples for a long time, meditating and preparing themselves before entering. Now, I want you to listen, because we're talking about becoming a people of prayer. Then they would virtually creep to the altar to, to offer their petition, and afterwards would again sit a long time outside, this time to breathe life into their prayers. Now notice the contrast. The Christians, when they came, just got up, uttered a few sentences, said amen, and were done. And for that reason, my people called them haolis, without breath, or those who failed to breathe life into their prayers. Friends, if we're going to become a people of prayer, then we need to learn what Jesus means when he says, hallowed, be your name, because if we learn this, it will breathe life back into our prayers. In fact, one of the symptoms of a weak prayer life is darting in and out of God's presence with little thought or consideration. In fact, the Bible addressed this thousands of years ago in Ecclesiastes 5. It says, guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. For God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. It's almost as if Jesus refers to this when he opens his teaching on the Lord's Prayer by saying, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He's saying, in effect, guard your steps, draw near to listen, be not rash in your prayers. Do not be hasty. Let your words be few. Why? Because, friends, God's in heaven. He's greater than us. We are the creature. He is the creator. That distinction has to be maintained. How do we maintain that? Well, the answer is found in hallowed be your name. But what does that really mean? What does it mean to pray, hallowed be your name. Because, you know, we say the Lord's Prayer so much, or we have, that we're almost in danger of familiarizing ourselves right out of the true knowledge of this. For instance, did you guys know that hallowed be your name is not a declaration of praise? Jesus is not offering up praise to the Father, nor is he teaching us to do that. It's a petition. This is a request. Did you know that this is the first of six or seven requests in the Lord's Prayer? 
It's a foundational petition. It's the first order of priority. It's a request for God to see to it that his name is holy in all the world, especially in all of our lives. So this morning, we're going to take a look at two key words in this phrase, hallowed and name, and then we're going to combine it for our third point and see how significant it really is. So let's jump right into it. What does hallowed mean? When's the last time, I mean, just think about this, when is the last time that you ever used the word hallowed in a sentence? I mean, if you're using this word in your vocabulary, you're just strange. (laughs) Nobody speaks this word. The problem is, we only say this word when we say this prayer. It's a word that has largely disappeared from our culture. In short, here's what it means. Hallowed means to make holy. It means to purify or set apart for sacred purposes. If you want to find synonyms for this word, the word sanctify, the word holy, the word saint are synonyms of the word hallowed. But let's go a little bit deeper, go the next layer down, and let me show you two basic meanings of the word hallow in the Greek. Here we go. Number one. It means to make an ordinary secular thing holy. And you do this by certain rituals or bringing that object into contact with things which are holy. You remember when the ladies were at the tomb and Jesus says, Do not touch me. I have not yet been glorified or returned to the Father. Holiness is can be bequeathed on something else by contact. A temple is holy because it's different from other buildings. So objects and things which are declared hallowed are made different from standard, secular, normal objects. Now listen, I'm going into a lot of detail because you've got to understand what this word hallowed means. But this is obviously not the way or the meaning that Jesus had in mind, because friends, listen, it just makes sense. You and I, we cannot make God's name holy. His name is holy. We do not do anything to make it holy. But there's a second way to understand the word hallowed, and it's this way that Jesus has in mind. Here's what it is. It means to treat as holy, or rather to hold something as sacred. So the first one meant to make something holy. This one means to treat something as already holy. For instance, when God sanctifies us, he makes us holy. That's meaning number one. But when we sanctify God, it means we treat him as holy. So friends, listen, to hollow God's name is to recognize and treat him as holy. Now you ready? You got to listen. Some of you I might be losing, but hang in there. I want you to be a thinking people of God. Let's go down to the next layer. What does this even mean? Well, I think the best way to answer that question is to remember that the basic idea behind the word hallowed is the word different. That which is hallowed is different from the ordinary. Now hang on to this. I'm going to bring it into application. 
It's why God is supremely the Holy One, because He's eternally in a class of, of His own. He's different from us. He's above us. He's greater than anything and everything else. So the commandment, this just makes sense, the commandment to honor the Sabbath day as holy means to regard the Sabbath day as different from every other day of the week. The uh, idea to uh, that the people of God are holy just means that the people of God are different. They're called out from and different from those who belong to the world. So to hallow God's name is to be in awe of his name, to revere his name, because God is set apart, different, and greater than any other being. Friends, listen, the very fundamental nature of what it means to hallow God's name, it means to revere. It means to be filled with reverence. Reverence is the result of hallowing God's name. Reverence guards our steps into and out of God's presence. With reverence, there is care, there is attention. There is distinction. Now, friends, listen. I don't know if you realize it or not, but I think I just identified the central problem of why we are weak praying people. Friends, weak praying people are people who do not revere God. And this hallowed be his name is meant by Jesus to recapture that reverence in our lives. Without hallowing God's name, our prayer life is breathless. To be hallowing his name is to be in awe of God, knowing that he's different than us, that he's greater than us, he's beyond us. So when we pray, hallowed be your name, we are praying that we will treat God's name as holy, different and hold to him in supreme reverence. That's what it means to hallow God's name. But what's, what does it mean, or what is the significance of the word name? Now, some of you might say, Pastor Tim, come on. I mean, hallowed, we understand why you want to exposit that, but name is name. Let's just get on with this. Well, let me tell you that a name is more than just a label to identify somebody. To a Jew, names indicated the character, the nature, and the personality of the person insofar as it's been revealed. So listen, when you come across the word name in Scripture, and particularly here in the Lord's Prayer, to hallow God's name means to know who God is by way of his nature, character, and personality, not just to know his name. In fact, in Bible times, Adam meant man. Eve meant life giver. You see the significance. This isn't just a label by which to call these people. These are their nature, their character, their personalities. Abraham meant father of multitudes. Jacob meant cheater. Peter meant rock. Names still mean a great deal today. If I mention the word Hitler, you're going to think in your mind a, a horrible mass murderer. Mother Teresa invokes thoughts of compassion and service. Abe Lincoln, honesty, or Bruce Galetta, the strength of an ox. Where is Bruce? Yeah, somebody's saying easy down here. You know, I told him I was going to, oh, there he is. Look at Bruce back there. Bruce, tell everybody you love me. Just say it. Boy, he's, he's not too happy. 
Moving on quickly, when I ask you what you think of so-and-so, it's their character, it's their nature, it's their personality that comes in mind. You see, names, friends, are associated with a person's character, nature, and personality. By the way, this is all through Scripture. Look at Psalm 910. And those who know your name, not just those who know that you're Jehovah, Elohim, Adonai, they don't just know your how to spell your name. It's those who know your nature, your personality, your character of faithfulness, put their trust in you. Psalm 20, some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust not in the title for God, but we trust in his nature, his personality, his characteristics of the Lord, his, in the name of the Lord or God. Friends, when you come into a time of difficulty, it's not going to soothe your troubled heart just to repeat in a mantra, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's to know what lies behind the name to the person of Jesus. This is why Jesus says, hallowed be his name. There's no greater name for God than Jesus Christ. He's been given the name that is above every name. Friends, if you want to know who God is, if you want to know what God is like, you cannot look and find a clearer picture than his son, Jesus Christ. That's why he says to John, I have manifested your name. He didn't come down here and said, hey, everybody, the title for my father is such and such. I want to live out who God is and his nature, his character, and his personality. You're going to see God through me, the name of God through me. Friends, listen, hallowed be your name smacks of jealousy. It matters very much to us, doesn't it? That the quality of our name is preserved. It matters even more to God because his name is perfect because he is perfect. Friends, have you ever, ever been falsely accused Don't you want to clear your name? Don't you want your reputation, which has been sullied by this accusation, be cleaned in the eyes of other people? Don't you want people to perceive your nature, your character, your personality rightly? See, friends, listen, God greatly desires this, which is why a few weeks ago I read to you, I preached to you from Ezekiel 36. Remember what it says? It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I'm about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which has been profaned. You see, the people of Israel at that time were profaning God's nature, God's personality, God's uh, reputation, his uh, characteristics to the nations around them. And God was jealous for that. And he says, I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations. So we see that the name of God means more than just a label and means more than just who he is. His name tells us what he's like and his nature, character, and personality. So now, what I've done so far in the first two points, I've told you what the word hallowed means. It means that God is set apart, holy, different, above and beyond us, and always will be, and it evokes reverence in our hearts. I've told you what the significance of name is. It's way beyond just a title. It points to his character, his nature, and his personality. But when we throw them together like Jesus did in teaching us how to pray, what is 
its significance. Let's look at that. You know, one commentator says, as he paraphrases this statement, he says, may you be given, God, that unique reverence that your character, nature, and personality as you have revealed them demand. That's what it means to pray, hallowed be your name. If you're going to pray, hallowed be your name, you're asking for God to reveal his glory, his person, his nature, his characteristics to you and through you to the world. It's praying that God's perfect, righteous, loving character be seen in this world and that his name would be made great and that honor would be given him for his rightful due. John Piper says is to ask God to cause his word to be believed, cause his displeasure to be feared, cause his commandments to be obeyed and cause himself to be glorified. But how do we do that? By the way, I have to tell you, the way that I preach to you is the exact same way that I learn. So if you think I'm a bit quirky, it's because I'm a quirky learner. All right. I can't stand not knowing something. When I read scripture, if I'm on my game, then I can't stand reading on until I've understood at least something of what I just read. So what does it mean to hallow God's name? How is that significant? How is that going to transform our lives? Let me give you three ways that it ought to do that. Number one, we hallow God's name through our speech. Now, friends, listen, please. Please. Because I've heard this in the 14 years I've been in ministry, through Christian after Christian. Do you take God's name in vain? Exodus 20, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Our family cringes when we're watching a movie and there's a curse word that's uttered, but it just drives us crazy when the name of God or his son is is cursed, uses a curse word or is a byword. Listen, some of you might say, I don't do that, but let me tell you how it really, how we really take his name in vain. The word vain, friends, means emptiness. It means to empty out the significance and meaning of God's name. It means to invoke the name of God thoughtlessly or without right intention. It is to claim the name of God in a way that does not match up with his nature, character, and personality before our own agenda. That's how we take God's name in vain. Some of us are so crass, I think, because I've heard it, that some say, oh my God, I don't think you could be as empty as that. It's explicitly forbidden. But to empty it of God's nature, personality, and characteristics is, is emptying or holding his name in vain. Hallowing God's name is to bring the ears of God into every single conversation that we ever have. It means to learn, to evaluate that what's coming out of my mouth is coming from my heart. It is my heart pleasing to God. Is he approving? Is he taking pleasure in my words? Are my words springing from my reverence of God and from my love of other people? Are my words lifting up his nature and his personality and his characteristics. This is what it means to hallow God's name in our speech. 
But we also hallow God's name through our beliefs. Did you know that? Not only our speech, but through our beliefs. Again, the names of God reveal his unique character, his nature, his personality. Therefore, when we pray, hallowed be your name, we're asking him to enable us to regard him, that's where it's thinking, our beliefs, to view him, to think of him as different, above, and more significant than anyone or anything in our lives. So to hallow God's name in our beliefs is to seriously, fundamentally, centrally regard God as the most important one in all of existence, that all of our lives are wrapped up into the motive of pleasing him. Other than that, you're emptying out the name of God. Hebrews tells us that we must believe and that, that he exists and that he rewards those that seek him. Do you believe that? Not only that God exists, but that he's good to you, that he loves you. We revere him when we trust him, when we place our lives in his hands, believing him to be both willing and able to care for us and those he loves. Friends, hallowing God's name occurs when we think of him constantly throughout the day. When his word runs through our minds and guides us in our decisions and our behavior, when we believe that he's our constant companion in all that we do, all that we say, all that we think is ever visible before him. That's what it means to hallow God's name. Let me give you one more way. We hallow God's name through our lives. I don't believe that there is a more appropriate and powerful prayer especially in this century, then hallowed be your name. God's name, friends, listen, it's not revered. It's not revered as more than a million babies a year are killed through abortion. That's not hallowing God's name. His name is not revered as God's people entertain themselves the same way the world entertains itself. Or when we take his name in vain, his name's not revered as homosexuality is now celebrated as natural, normal, and God-pleasing. His name is not revered when his own people worship on the golf course every Sunday morning rather than in his house. It's not revered when we gossip about the sin of others instead of being wracked in mourning over our own sin. And friends, his name's not revered when we pursue the world's riches while people all around us are suffering. That's why Martin Luther said, when both our life and doctrine are truly Christian, that's when God's name is hallowed, not just when your beliefs and the way that we live. This petition, hallowed be your name, it's a challenge from Christ to engage in Christian living And at the same time, it's an invitation to a deeper Christian commitment. So friends, have you begun? Have you begun to develop the discipline of living in reverence to God? Do you believe and practice the awareness that God is right there? Coram Deo, you live before the face of God. God, are you pleased with me? Are you pleased with what I'm looking at on this computer, pleased with the movie that I'm watching, pleased with how I'm speaking in my break room or in the car as I'm driving or as in the hotel as I'm flipping through stations. 
Are you pleased with me as I'm writing out my checks to those who need help? Are my actions, my thoughts, my speech reflecting your nature, your personality, your character? Friends, listen, if, if you're a Christian and you lose your temper just like any other non-believer does, I promise you your witness is muted. If you're filled with anxiety, you're filled with nervousness, or you're greedy and just as materialistic as anyone next door, don't be surprised when your neighbors don't want to listen to the gospel. Same is true for our witness with our co-workers, our witness with our classmates. It's why William Barclay wrote that the very essence of this petition, hallowed be your name, is that in it we pray that God may enable us to show that we are redeemed so that in our lives he may be glorified, that we may be enabled to show Christ to men, that men may desire Christ. Friends, are you showing Christ to others that others would desire him? Can I just tell you that's exactly what it means to hallow God's name? Breathe life into your prayers. Please don't be guilty of being holies, breathless ones who flit in and out of God's presence without thought or attention. Hallow God's name, revere him. He is higher than any other name and worthy to be praised. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these words from Jesus, your son. Hallowed be your name. Help us to live in such a way that your name is made great in our lives. May your reputation be increased in the world by the way that I live. May your name be hallowed in my business. Lord, hallowed be your name in my financial stewardship. Hallowed be your name in my friendships. Father, hallowed be your name in my thought life. And hallowed be your name in my neighborhood. And hallowed be your name in this church. And hallowed be your name through my service. And hallowed be your name in my speech. We pray for this. We ask that you would make us a people of breath whose prayers are filled with reverence. And in Jesus' name, amen.